0: Welcome back to Call Time with Katie Barenbaum. I am so excited to be back, though I hope you enjoyed my Tony Week article on Arts Journal about my favorite Tony performances of all time. It was definitely a labor of love to write and really got me thinking about the nature and purpose of the Tonys, especially today's economic and artistic climate, but speaking of best performances of all time, and I imagine my guest has performed on the Tonys probably multiple times, I'm truly gushing to have my guest on the show today. She is a veritable Broadway legend, what many may refer to as a classic Broadway hoofer, I'd say. In many ways, and we'll discuss this, I feel like they don't make them quite like this anymore. She grew up in Vegas before attending USC to get a BFA in acting. And then as she describes it on her website, and we'll get into all this, she then sold her car and bought a one-way ticket to New York City. And that trip definitely worked out for her. She's performed in Cats, Song and Dance, Damn Yankees, Steel Pier, Annie Get Your Gun, Tuck Everlasting, and Kimberly Akimbo on Broadway. She's performed at the best of the best regional theaters like Good Sweet Opera House, Barrington Stage, Arena Stage, and the Muni. And she's performed in various national tours, most memorably as Lola in the award-winning national tour of Damn Yankees featuring the late Jerry Lewis as Applegate. And if you want a really good evening, uh, spend a night watching my guest perform A Little Brains, A Little Talent on that tour, which I'm embarrassed to say I watched on YouTube when I first started to uh, get to know her, just for some background. So clearly she's a triple threat. My guest has lately become a quadruple threat. She's turned to directing and choreographing. She's directed for The Brooklyn Players the Forrestburg Playhouse, the Argyle Theater, and she was the associate director on the Annie National Tour. On top of all this, she's a true angel to talk to, smart as a whip, and an amazing mom, wife, and friend. I couldn't be more thrilled to welcome her. So without further ado, Valerie Wright.
1: What an intro. My god, I'm welling up. Thank I'll, you. For this I'll,
0: I'll follow you around from now on, and when you meet <laughs> new people, I'll just read that out. You do that to my kids. <laughs> They'll be like, oh, we know. I'm just guessing. They're boys, so I'm just channeling that. Valerie, it's so great to see you. We were just catching up a little bit. I want to start at the very beginning. A very good place to start, some might say. And I ask most of my guests this question. I'm wondering if you can remember a sort of light bulb moment or aha moment that you had in your childhood when you first said to yourself, like, that's what I want to do, and I'm curious whether it was theater or whether it was dance first for you.
1: That's a good question. I started really late. I started dancing when I was about 14, 15 years old. Wow, I f- I pegged you for a since you were three years old, kind of gal. Not even remotely. My sisters danced, and they would come home and teach me routines, and but I would pretend that I was in dance class. Like I would tell all my friends. That I had to go to dance class when I actually didn't. I would go in <laughs> a room and just make up scenarios, constantly making up scenarios wow. in, my room, in my backyard, on my bike. I just was always creating this other family that I lived or this other world that I lived. And I got into community theater actually first, church and community theater. I tell the story that my church was doing Jesus Christ Superstar, and then I... Wanted to play Mary Magdalene more than, and they cast me as Jesus, (laughs) and I was really devastated. (laughs) Now, not by the end because of course the star—it's the star. I'd like a video of that. Yeah, pretty sure one doesn't exist, but I guess you could say that there were some seeds planted at that time, and then I did get into community theater when I was in high school. And it was long about then that I turned to my mom and I said, Can I think I might want to go study this college. And she was a like, "Sure." Were your parents performers or was it out of the blue? My dad was a CPA. My mom was his bookkeeper. But my mom is solely responsible, I think, for educating me and just opening my eyes. And really, she and I did that through movies. We loved movies. And we would go to the movies together all the time. And a lot of times I would come home from being out like even in high school and she would have a whole an old movie on and i would throw it next to her and that's what we that's did and, uh, yeah and she was the first person to say do you know who gwen verdon is and i said no and she said come watch this or i remember one night she called me into the living room. She said, like, i want you to see somebody performing her name is bernadette peters she cries when she sings come watch her so it was probably long about high school and i realized that i loved it and i was terrible at math so I thought maybe I should do this and that's what I did.
0: What was it like growing up in Vegas? Your parents aren't performers but I imagine the city is so everyone's a showgirl is my imagination but correct me if
1: I'm wrong. The benefit that I had from that was in my dance life
0: because
1: mm. there, there wasn't and I might want to extend to say there isn't a tremendous cultural Sure. Presence in terms of theater. Sure. What well, we have now are the big shows coming through, but we don't really earth set them. There was a small theater when I was there, but then there was the community theater, which is what hooked me. But it was dance where I benefited from professionals because a lot of New York dancers came to Vegas to dance in shows because they could work. They made a really good paycheck, and Vegas was super cheap to live in. So we got this influx of kind of incredible dancers, and they were my teachers. And there was no like recital in my dance studio. They were like recital, like we're pros. Like we go to work at night, and we come here and we give you our gifts during the day. Take it or leave it. Your chores. Like they were hardcore. I
0: imagine. Did you feel like you were playing catch up when you started dancing at 14 and did you start with ballet as like the true foundation or were you doing it all immediately?
1: I started with ballet. I started with ballet and then I went to jazz because I really love jazz. I never compliment myself like ever, but I will say that I had a pretty good facility and because I had been wanting to start dance lessons for so I felt like I just knew what to do. You know what I mean? So it was, but I'll tell you where it, I tell you where I didn't benefit is as I got older and I saw some of the things that I actually wasn't able to do that had been built into those men and women who had started. I don't feel like I played as much catch up as I felt the deficits of that later on. It sounds like it worked
0: out for you. I was going to ask this question later, but it's making me think of it. You went to school for acting at USC. It wasn't like musical theater. And then I feel like you are one of the few dancers, and I've had a number of dancers on the podcast before who have talked about wanting to do principal work in addition to just chorus work. And you are an example of someone who pretty deftly was able to make that transition. Do you think that's because your background was in acting, not dance originally? Do you think that's because you weren't, like, just a dancer from the start? I do, because
1: when I started doing anything, it was performing and singing and doing an acting role, and then the dance came later. And like you said, there were, in my day, we didn't have musical theater programs. You had an acting program, you had a dance department, and you had, like, majors in music They hadn't come together yet because at that time, that wasn't happening. A chorus line changed them, and that was in the Before that, you had an ensemble that sang, you had an ensemble that danced, and your principals did their thing. So we weren't building programs to blend all that together yet. So I went strictly as an acting major. So when I came to New York, I was confused. The places that, you know, you were going to have these Big shots were in all the dance calls. So that's what I started doing. And I went to cats, dance call. And I just, I think I thought of myself as an actress who could dance. I I came to the city, like, not with a lot of vocal. I was a soprano. And that's all I knew. That's the only voice I knew how to use. Hmm. So I was pretty unprepared.
0: (laughs) Yeah, tell me about that. Transition. I feel like Broadway and the theater community is moving away from the sort of slow and steady, like moving to the city and taking dance class and taking acting class and then booking summer stock and then booking off Broadway and then booking Broadway. And now, like, Broadway stars are forged from like the Jimmy Awards and TV shows and whatever. But I imagine your process was a little more like what I just described. Tell me about that, those first years in the city and what
1: that was like. We were in a lot of ways. That generation that that came here, we were much clumsier and scrappier because there was no roadmap. And you got here and you just literally figured it out however you could. You just scraped through and watched other girls and saw how they dressed and listened to what they sang. I did get into Cats and the dance supervisor, who was always really in my corner, was long gone but how early did you book ca i moved to the city and i booked the national tour of heli dolly about six months after i moved. it's incredible yes i was working at new york health and rec and a waitressing at a restaurant a terrible waitress and i booked that tour and then when i came back from that tour i went to jacksonville florida to do a dinner and while I was in Jacksonville, they called me up to audition for Cats. I'd been in a number of times. You go in and you audition for the tour, and then you audition for the tour again, and then you might audition for a replacement. It took a few times. Anyway, I booked that. I booked it on stage. I booked it at the Winter Guard. And they took my hand, and they walked me to the general manager's office. It was super, like, old school, old-fashioned.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. So I wish they still auditioned on the Broadway
1: stages. There was extremely magical about happening right there on the stage. And they kept cutting and cutting. And then it was finally the two of us girls and they let her go. And they said, Do you want the jobs? <laughs> but it was that dance supervisor who one day during rehearsal said, Do you need a belt? And I was like, Well, my face. What the hell's it? Da-? And he explained to me. I didn't really understand it. I didn't understand the voice, really. I found a voice teacher, and I started studying with him and just trying to find how I was supposed to sing to compete here in New York. It's crazy. Eventually, I stopped going to dance class so that I could feel my diaphragm and make it it separate so it could work for me. And I just kept at it. The number of rejections that I had are are, are endless. The number of shows that I auditioned for, the crappy things that were said to me, it's endless. It's shocking that anybody survives. And I always say this to everybody. Being in this business and the longevity is based on your staying power. Yeah. Because we get cast for a number of reasons. So if you can endure it, And if you can stay employed enough to be encouraged, you'll hang around.
0: Yeah. No, I think a number of actors have said that to me, and it definitely makes sense. But I think you're right, what you were saying about the no roadmap, because now there's such a clear path, even though you don't think of that in theater. But it seems like then it was, as you say, scrappy and like guerrilla theater, everyone was just like trying to work it out. I feel like theater is so sanitized now. Like, I love hearing your stories about Broadway back in the day, some of which I guess we can't tell on air, but it sounds very fun.
1: How do I say this? We were in an era of things that were brand new. We were of an era, it happened a couple decades before, but we were in an era where a whole new dance style emerged based on the choreographer nobody had seen anything like us so we were experiencing standard theater changing experiences course, line changed everything i changed everything so i mean dream girls those were the kinds of things that we were right that my group was writing in on and the road for kids now, has changed on so many levels. A, the musical theater programs. B, the internet. And the ability to watch and listen to other singers. I think youth now is developed from YouTube. You can listen to somebody. You can learn so much just by listening to somebody else. We had to pay a ticket and go see a show. We were all broke. You did that once, maybe, and you stood. Right, <laughs> right. Did you ever
0: go you said you were the worst waitress ever? Did you ever go back to waitressing or that was it?
1: I never went to I does the restaurant dance. still exist where you worked?: No, it was on Bleecker Street in the village.: Fun: And some very they fun tin bar, and that was really fun. <laughs>
0: that sounds fun. that sounds fun. You was the Hello Dolly like a classic bus and truck tour, or was it like sit It was down? a big national
1: tour with Carol Channing?
0: Oh my God. Yeah. Okay, so this is a good way to transition. I was mentioning to you before Val has this website and she has up all these these amazing photos of her and like legend after legend, all of these amazing shows. And it seems like you got to meet some of your idols. There's a picture of you with Gwen Verdon when you did Redhead at Goodspeed, I believe. So amazing. Do you ever just sit back and say, wow, I got to... Or did it feel like you were coming up with all these people, so all of these people are your peers, with the exception of Gwen Burden?
1: No, I was I still remember that night pretty vividly, that she was going to be in the audience. It was a gala performance honoring her. We were doing Redhead, which was the first and still only revival of that show, which she loved, apparently. So it was a really big deal. And so to see her and meet her and engage in that moment was like... And to be, to have been given that role and dance it in front of her, that's nuts. So no, that was a very big deal. Saying.
0: I mentioned watching you do A Little Brains, a Little Talent on the Damn Yankees tour, which for context, I watched with Jen on a break from <laughs> Gypsy. And the best way I can describe your performance, your dancing, singing put together is just like effortless is the only way I can describe it. Do you think that's, Like the little extra something that you bring to a role? Is that how you think of it? And tell me about your process when you get a role. I think
1: that the biggest thing in getting a role is how it fits. Does it fit you like you've been wearing it? With still things to explore and to examine. I think it's really key for all of us. Casting and getting the right match is half of work. I think a lot of it is the way, I guess the way that I would think about it is just to anyone who's studying coming up, I think the most important thing you have is like your own, for lack of a better word, style. And it's just yours. And it's your inner everything. But it's not copied. It might be a little learned from certain things, but it's honestly about how you feel about something. In all sorts of ways. Does it make you laugh? Does it make you feel sad? Does it make you feel empathetic? Does it make you feel hostile? <laughs> and all of those kinds of things are just yours. And that's what makes an individual. Now, you have these, what you didn't have in my day, you have these epic and immensely long running shows. And you have roles like an and a Glenda that set, who am I? her or even i'm just trying to be careful how i say things but i can dance right because there's much now afforded to us visually on shows on that is topical so you can dance and all those kinds of shows i feel like there's that little tiny sense of personality that mm-hmm. is the most vital thing you can bring to me. So I will say that, yeah, I think that's whenever I start working on a role, it's just immediately like, how do I feel? Like, what does it make me feel? Just what does it make me feel immediately? Yeah, I think it's
0: cool to hear you even talk about that in terms of dance. And I again, I think that's what makes you stand out as a triple threat performer in that you're always acting like even when you're dancing, you're acting. You mentioned Fosse earlier. You've done a ton of Fosse. Is that the style of dance to which you gravitate the most?
1: Yeah, and I never worked with him. Like Literally, I just missed him, which makes me sad. Sad. I would have loved to have been in his presence on a show. But yeah, his style really just... I think a lot of that is because he was so actor-driven in dance. And he was also like, I like specificity. And I like nuance. And this is very he dominated our our dance world, but that I like that. But I especially like how how he always saw the dancer with something to say. Mm. Even if he or she never opened her mouth. So without realizing it, I guess that just really spoke to me. What
0: was it like working with Jerry Lewis on that tour? Well,
1: Jerry was just it's just wonderful to me. It's just wonderful. Kind hearted, generous. Like a father. The way he treated me was pretty golden. When I was understudying in New York, and I went Mm -hmm. on the first time with him. And we were rehearsing before I was to go on that night. And we started, I think, the scene, and I fumbled my lines. And he just put his hand on my shoulder, and he said, okay. And he was just so kind and just, inhaled with me and from then on we had a pretty good connection i should mention
0: too something that i said to val the first time i met her was that valerie played dolly tate in the Annie get your gun revival in 98 i guess that literally made me want to go into theater like i remember your performance i remember everything about that show what was that experience like it feels so special And also another good example of a dance role that's also a role where you sang and acted all the time and you had Reba, you had Bernadette. What was that experience like?
1: Both tremendous. It was the second time I'd been in a show with Bernadette. So I felt really super flattered by that. And I might also say both shows for which she won her two Tony Awards, which I... Wait, what was the first? Song and dance. Oh oh yeah i know yeah i feel like her special for them both bernadette is bernadette is iconic for all the reasons that you think and she is incredibly classy be willing to just let her feelings and her emotions and life wash over her and let you see it and let you be a part of it and i think i learned that Watching her in song and dance, I was an understudy, so I would go to the back of the house and watch her quite a lot. Or I'd watch, I'd, cry, I'd go up to that catwalk up there, and I, and I was so moved by her presence. And I felt like that's why she's a, that's why people are, because she <laughs> says, You're going to come right in here with me. Would you write mm. with me? And just crazy pro. And anyway, I have nothing but, of course, things to say about her that are all huge gifts for being able to be alongside her. And Reba was fantastic. And another trip all to herself, and she was a gas. And I worked with Susan Lucci, Fame Oh my Susan gosh! Hitchy, and she was a sweetheart, like really kind, in an environment that she's never been in, and just just a pro and a very lovely
0: human being. <clears throat> So great. Again, I want to go back to this concept of the roadmap and what I was talking to you about, like being a dancer who's been in the chorus, but also playing principal tracks. Were you just taking opportunities as they came or were you really trying to exert a sense of agency on your career and being like, okay, now I want to take this kind of role?
1: Yes to both. At first, absolutely. And then as I was doing Yeah, I did cats, then I did song and dance, back-to-back dance shows. And I started to feel like, even though I wasn't really super savvy, I think I was getting a sense that if I wanted to do things the way I wanted to do them, I was going to maybe have to curate that on my own. Or people were going to see me only as a dancer. They were doing On the Town at Arena Stage. And I said, "I, I want that part. I'm going to get that part. Get out of my way. I'm getting that part. (laughs) That happened to me with the production of Sweet Charity, too. I said I want that part. and I want to see you do that. It was just like those two shows, Miss Turnstiles and Charity, were really big events for me. I wanted those parts. I felt like doing those roles were going to keep me always with the ability to dance. But now put me on a track to play Mill so they were so anyway I was called back to Jerome Robbins Broadway and I said I'm not gonna go in I'm gonna go for I'm okay. gonna go to uh, I got on the which I said yeah which takes
0: guts to be turning down an I audition for Broadway
1: a big paycheck if I were to get it but I, I didn't want to just dance yes
0: yeah, totally. And on that subject, I mentioned when I was talking about you, and because I know you, you've lately been doing more directing and choreographing. I imagine that was also a choice. And I imagine, I mean, we can cut this if you want, but having been a dancer, it takes a toll on your body. And I assume you can't dance in the way that you were dancing when you were 25. Not at all. So Not tell all. me. <laughs> no, would You, want you to can still you dance. <laughs>
1: you can still dance. You're dancing in Gypsy. I'm moving about in Gypsy. The truth is I love dance and any role that I did where I got to dance was a highlight. I just, that's part of me and it will always be a part of me. It's why I love still choreographing. I don't consider myself a choreographer, but I do like setting numbers because I love the feel of it. What was the question? oh can i your
0: transition into directing and choreographing and what went into that
1: yeah a few things went into that i, I want to raise my kids first of all and i i wanted to be around so that was the first step and then as they were getting a little bit older and i said i i'm just i need to still be creative and then i thought you don't just have to be an actor to be creative so i thought you have to try my hand at directing and that's just how it started and i just put the i just looked online in Brooklyn, where I live, and found the Brooklyn Players, and that's how that started. Sorry. Sorry. It's so interesting. You mentioned your kids, and I know your
0: husband is in the theater as well. This is a personal question, so again, feel free not to answer, but as a woman in my 20s in the theater, I am always, like, curious about how you do the family, how you do it all at the same time, especially when your partner is also in the business. First of all, how'd you meet? And then how did you do it make this family while both being in this crazy industry that demands your nights and your guts and your heart and your soul and everything else? We met doing a reading and who's that?
1: It's very cute. <laughs> so that's how we met. And then we eventually. Do you remember what the reading was? It was a reading of a show called Goose, which actually got a production off Broadway and Carolee Carmelo and my husband and a few other people. Anyway, that's how we met. And so we dated, we broke up, we got back together, we got married, we had kids. Really, one of the biggest factors was that he was in Jersey Boys. He has a big, strong paycheck. And my husband is like a family man and I'm working and I'm going to keep this job. And that's, I'm going to provide for my family. And this is what we're doing right now. And he would leave for TV and film. It, it was a really, it was a great, it was a great job. But if I were to take work, whether in town or leaving, the kids are alone care, with child care, but it's just not what I want. It's just, yeah. And he had a steady job. It isn't uncommon. I'm going to say it right here and right now. It's not uncommon for the female of the couple to do that. I think that is... Everybody's individual choice, the way it's working out, the way the household is making its money. Can't yeah. do anything without somebody having a job. That's it. So that's what I did. And I wanted to do. I wanted to be a part of their lives. I wanted to pick them up from school. I wanted to meet their friends. I wanted to go to all their games, which I missed probably none. I wanted to be in their lives. And I wanted to put them to bed at night. And I wanted to read them the stories and I wanted to get in the bath. And all of those, and hear about their day, and all those kinds of things. And I think, for me, were just more important. They're just more important. And so I, I didn't do much. I did a few things here and there. Lucky enough to do a few things. One of them was Elf on Broadway. I did an off Broadway show. I did Tucker Last. I did those things, but it was it still spanned a lot of years where I took it back. And you were being choosy
0: because you weren't going to leave your family to do something that wasn't either really interesting creatively or an amazing paycheck, I imagine. That's true. That's
1: true. Another choice.
0: <laughs> Tell me about doing a really akimbo Kimbo for the time that you did, because again, a super different kind of role for you,
1: I would say. Yeah, I was really, I was deeply honored. For them to give me that just to explain it the show has covers they have understudies vicky has an understudy colleen fitzpatrick but they didn't have any second covers and still coming out of covid they were really concerned so they hired four of us to cover the principles and they made us vacation for emergency covers so we went in we learned the show we had to put in we were there and now we're brought in either i'm brought in when vicky goes on vacation or in an emergency situation. I'm part of this incredible production of a... That just won the Tony, many Tonys. Just won the Tony. Deeply moving and incredible group of people. When I'm at the theater, people are so kind and gracious and lovely, and it's been a, a, just a, a kind of an incredulous experience to learn that part and sing those tunes and say his words and <clears throat> embody a character that is so deeply special and rare. rare super rare that's been great and it allowed me because i'm really only contracting when they bring me in it allows me to go do other things like gypsy
0: yes tell us how has that been obviously i know but i was playing tessie and a scene stealing performance but funny because the last time you worked at Goodspeed last summer, you were in my position. You were being Jen's assistant director. How was that to flip back? You're in this interesting position in your career right now where you're performing. You're also directing. You're also choreographing. How are you at code switching between those three sort of
1: Um, gigs? I found coming back in, and it's been a while since I've been on stage, I found Mm it lovely and great. And Tessie couldn't be further from Kim. Kimberly and Tessie Tora (laughs) and Miss Cratchit couldn't be farther from each other. So that's just been wonderful. I think, interestingly enough, and really true for all of us, all three of those women live inside me. (laughs) (laughs) That's nice. Like, we're all so multifaceted, right? And when it comes down the pike that you can step into different parts of yourself through these characters, That's been really lovely. And I've just had a wonderful time up here at Goodspeed. And it's an honor to do this show. Gypsy is a show about theater. And it's just, the cast is great. And we just had a great time. It's been a pure joy.
0: I should also mention that Valerie is one of the most specific actors I've ever worked with. Valerie can say a single word in a particular way. In fact, the word particular... And it'll cause me to guffaw like that. And again, I don't think that's something that's learned necessarily. Correct me if I'm wrong. Like maybe that comes from your BFA in acting at USC. But to me, that is your personality coming out in your attention to detail. But tell me what you think of it. I
1: think it's a lot about like what I was saying earlier about how something just hits you in your own way and your own style and kind of your own sense of humor about things. And that, I think that's the specificity, too. Sometimes I obviously want something to be very clear. And other times it just comes out of how it makes me feel. Yeah. And you have a bunch of props in front of you. How are you going to use them? Maybe a unique way. Maybe you don't choose what's what would be necessarily commonplace.
0: I want to toot your horn again. And maybe this is spoilers for anyone who's still yet to see Gypsy up at Goodspeed. But... There's this moment, again, talking about props, where Val takes, like, tweezers at the dressing room and, like, fake pulls out whiskers. And, again, it's just genius. Like, that, that does not come to everyone's brain. It's a unique and beautiful skill. And it's so fun and funny to watch. Thanks. It's for, thank the you. best. I'm curious, do you have anything coming up on the horizon? I know every actor's least favorite question.
1: I'm going to direct and choreograph Mamma Mia at the Weathervane Theater. Fun! Uh, that's at the end of August. I am back at Kimberly before that for a week. And yeah, that's that's it. That sounds great, though. Yeah, have you done Mamma Mia before?
0: It. Yeah. <laughs> God, I hope I get it. I get it. Where is Weathervane? Is that in...
1: New Hampshire.
0: New Hampshire.
1: Whitefield, New Hampshire. It's like close to the quarter of Canada.
0: I mentioned earlier that I think of you as a classic, like, Broadway baby in the old sense of the word, the classic sense of the word that I feel like doesn't really exist now. Do you identify with that term or do you just see yourself as an actor like any actor today?
1: I like that term. I think generations make different brands of people all across the boards whether you're an athlete or a movie star i think it's just the nature of how we evolved so i like the term i like the term old school a lot of people will say oh my god that was so old school and i'm like yeah, isn't that great <laughs> you are old well i like old school clearly i just feel like generations teach each other things obviously and it's really nice when the older people can look to the younger people, even though they're usually on their phones, but learn something <laughs> from them and vice versa. It's, and I think they do. I think it's hard when you're young. It seems like that's an old fashioned or it's an old way of doing things or you don't understand. And part of that is true. But I think to keep ourselves open to each other is, is pretty significant in, in, in terms of how we all grow. We need each other. And we roll our eyes at each other's generations, for sure. But then there's a lot that I've learned so much up here, just in a lot of ways. I'm around my mid-20-year-old roommate, who I adore and like to adopt.
0: I was going to say two things. One, to praise you, which is that I think there would be a lot of people who would not like to live in a house with a (laughs) 26-year-old. And wouldn't have drinks with us at 3 a.m. after tech. But that is the kind of gal you are. You hang. You can hang,
1: Val, which is key. I love it- youth, first of all. I love youth because because it's extraordinary. And the other thing, too, about this Gypsy cast, uh, and so is the Kim cast also. It's the 60-year-olds, Vicky, Colleen, and me. And then the four year old and everybody else is, like, 20s. Everyone's so lovely and gracious and kind and uplifting and almost trying to make me not worry about my neck and stomach. So there's been so much just true support and love and kindness and you really realize like how much you need of that to build your character, to go to work every day, to get on that stage, to keep at it. And it points to us meeting each other no matter what age we are. And so I'll always have drinks at three with the 20-year-olds.
0: I love that. But it goes both ways, right? Like we have stuff to learn from people that have been in the biz much longer, obviously, and I would hope young people know that. And it's something I love about theater because... It can feel hierarchical, but I think it feels much less hierarchical than a corporate job because at the end of the day, we're all in the trenches together. If you're my age and you're doing a show with Val, you're both just actors in the show. Like, it's, you're the same. Absolutely. and Absolutely. It, it's something I love about what we do because it makes friendships... Intergenerational friendships so much like easier and more fun, and it's it, th- those friendships have brought so much to my life. So it's something I'm really grateful for. That's great, and, and hopefully, that's absolutely
1: true. Absolutely true. Yes.
0: Speaking of younger generation vibes, one of my last questions: Do you have any advice for aspiring actors, or dancers, or singers, or triple threats like you, Broadway babies, who may be listening?
1: Well, I do. They're not going to like it. <laughs> oh. Is it going to be get off your phone? Yeah, it's going to be set your timer for social media. I'm not telling you to not go on social media. I'm not telling you to watch other people's auditions and self-tapes for whatever. I know there's some value to it. I'm just saying, look, you've all trained. I know you can condition yourself to setting a timer. And then when that timer goes off, shut off your phone, pick up a book, have a conversation, read a newspaper article. Again. I know it sounds old fashioned. It's that's not the world we live in, and yet I'm like, well, why not? Why not reach back? Why not reach back and do something that maybe removes you from something you can't control? That's something that universally you all say makes you anxious <laughs> because you've trained. The kids are coming in like they're so tra- they're trained magnificently, and they're ready to hit the boards as a business. You've got that down. You've got a work ethic for the most part. Dan. I just think there's this other piece that creeps in. And I question its validity on a constant yeah. So set a timer. That's my advice to you. I think it's good advice. But I'm
0: as guilty of it as the next person in my generation. But I think it's good advice. Okay. And not just for theater people. I think it's good advice for everyone. I want to end with my... A segment I called the Thank You Five segment, like five minutes to places, and it's going to be rapid fire questions So just answer off the top of your head. The first, this is the only favorite one, actually, so this is the tough one, getting it out of the way. Do you have a favorite show that you've ever done?
1: Um, I'm going to say On the temp. Great.
0: Love that show. Do you have a dream show to direct or choreograph that you've yet to do? Sweet charity. Same for me. I'm obsessed <laughs> with you and I discussed, and I wish I had seen your version. <laughs> Can you think of a super funny thing that's (laughs) happened to you backstage or on stage in your career where something like went wrong or a line flub, anything that we would find hilarious?
1: I will tell you just last week, I pulled the phone out for Miss Cratchit and I lifted it and it went flying out of my hand. And the floor felt so far away. And just the feeling of doing something that I never do, which is like, having to (laughs) bend over and get the phone and bring the phone back up and nobody was moving and there was no anything. And I pulled the phone and I said, sorry, Mr. Granziger.
0: That's a good one. What would you say is an actor essential for you or in your case, a Broadway baby essential, an old school essential? And that can mean like your script or something or it can be metaphorical, like determination (laughs) or kindness or whatever it is to you person. i guess it's
1: old school my warm-up and my warm-up is different hmm. and vocal and they're both pretty specific and they're i would have to say that's essential
0: are these like warm-ups that you've cobbled together from different like dance or voice classes you've taken over the years or are they like very specific? You know, oh i learned this from no, uh, just and actor, like...
1: i don't necessarily do if i'm going off for cam. i'm not wow. going necessarily be the thinking as I do here. It just, it depends on the need.
0: I feel like we like barely scratched the surface. Is there anything you want to say? feel like we haven't discussed anything you want to
1: plug? Oh, I think for me, like at my age right now, it's really nice to feel grateful. And I do. And I think you're in such different times of your life. Obviously when you're in your 20s and when you're in your 60s and you can be grateful in your 20s in a way that's massively different in your 60s both have gratitude, but I think I'm grateful. And I think the other thing with, to anybody at any age is leading with grace and the kindness, even though we say that, but really doing that, even when you don't feel it or you feel insecure. I always say like, when you feel bad about yourself, that's the time to throw a compliment to somebody, instantly make you feel better about yourself and to not be afraid of that. I think, Sometimes, especially when we're young, we think if I give up that to somebody else, then I'm not as talented because I just told them how talented they are or how great they were in that role. And now I don't fit in. But I I say fight
0: that. Sometimes an asshole like has a long, great career and that's great for them and their talent supersedes everything. But most of the time, especially in our business, in my limited experience, you have to be nice. Like, genuinely nice and gracious. Never. This has been the best. Thank you so much. Thank you, Call Time listeners. As always, it's such a treat having an old-school Broadway celeb like Valerie on the show. Come see her. Go see her in the show we worked Thank on you. together. Now yeah. it's in its final two weeks if you haven't gotten up there. Thanks, if you're in New Hampshire in August, go see her production of Mama Mia. And maybe go see—I saw Kimberly Akimbo— when it was off Broadway, but I'd love to see you do it. So let me know what it is.
1: Thank you. I'll put you on a text chain.
0: <laughs> yes, I want to see it. Put me on that text chain and have a great week, everybody. Thanks for listening.